0: Welcome to the Year Not Long Podcast Show. This is your host Danny coming to you with another uplifting message of hope and inspiration. Boy, I'm excited to talk to you today. I got a message for you. Remember the first one? Here comes the Savior. Now, part two the birth of the Savior. We're about to roll right into some powerful story about how this miraculous baby comes into this world to save mankind. I hope that you're excited because I'm very excited to talk about God and talk about his goodness and his greatness and his, his love, his infinite power. I don't know where you're at right now, but I want to tell you whatever's on your heart and mind, it's on God's heart and mind, that he loves you with an everlasting love, that he would never leave you nor forsake you in your hour and time of need. I want to let you know that it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Because God has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for your life. Even when it feels like it doesn't, sometimes life can be complicated. It can feel like that, you know, that no one understands you or you or you just feel that you just all alone. That's the title of the uh, podcast. You are, are not alone. Because a lot of times when you're going through difficulties in your life, you feel that, you know, that. There's no one who truly understands or there's no one to talk to. Uh, no one really cares about what's on your heart and mind, but I want to let you know today that whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind, that he loves you with an everlasting love. And sometimes, you know, uh, especially in this season, you know, this is a, always a difficult season because holiday represents and make people think about family that they no, no longer have on the earth. It makes them think about relationships that have failed or... All kind of things, you know, uh, and right now we're living in a pandemic where uh, COVID is uh, looming large and people are dying by the thousands a day and everybody's consumed with masses. They don't know, uh, should they go travel? Cause they know they're gonna have to isolate and they're gonna have to do this and do that. So there's a whole bunch of things that are going on that uh, making this season difficult, but I wanna let you know this is a season of miracles. And what I mean by that is that, you know, the miraculous birth of Christ is a sign. Uh, It brought redemption to men. You gotta understand, you know, there are events in the Bible that become so historical to the defeat of Satan. And this is the ultimate defeat. For Satan, because men are about to be redeemed. We're about to be bought back by the precious blood of the Lamb. So I want you to get excited because when we talk about the birth of the Savior, we're talking about something so great and so wonderful that has changed the outcome for mankind. Man needed to be saved, and God knew that. And I want to let you know that God didn't set Adam and Eve up to fail. That was not God's plan for their life. God gave them instructions on how to live in the garden. He only had one requirement, not to eat from that tree. But they were, Adam was persuaded by his wife, his wife was persuaded by Satan, that God had kept something from them. And so through the lack of feeling that they were missing something, they were coerced into bringing man to a fallen state. But understand this, God didn't set them up to fail. God gave them a blueprint on how to succeed. So I want you to know that, that you know uh, that why did God let them fail? No, they failed because they just didn't follow God's mandate because he gave them free will. And that's the whole thing with free will. Free will is is, is, it's powerful because at the end of the day, it's your ability to make your own decision. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't give you warnings about decisions before you make them, but it's still your choice. In other words, it's still your choice. You know, one of the things that I have found out when I did. When I was talking about David becoming king. When the people uh, in 1 Samuel, when they complained to God that they wanted a king, God had a plan to give them a king anyway. But they couldn't wait. They wanted a king like the rest of the world. And I'm going to show you how this this free will thing worked. God told Samuel to tell them what a king would be like for them and what would happen to them. And Samuel told them all these things that would go bad for them in that circumstances but they still wanted the king and God hastened to their word because he gave men dominion over the earth so I just want to share that with you and I want to let you know whatever's on your heart and is on God's heart and mind God loves you with everlasting love don't ever think that God doesn't care about you uh, don't ever think that you're alone because you're not and I'm just so excited to talk about the birth of the Savior today The birth of the Savior today. You know, uh, sometimes, you know, you wake up and you, you, you know, you're still drowsy. And then, you know, sometimes you wake up and you, and you're just feeling great. Now, today, at this moment in my life, I'm feeling good because I know that I'm getting ready to talk about someone that I love. And I know he loves me unconditionally. I wanna talk about him. My whole hope of my life existence is to praise Christ. Praise God. I want the world to know about him. I want the world to know about him. I want the the world to know about him. And I also wanna thank whoever from Spain that joined in. So now we got another country with someone is listening to the podcast, that's great news. I mean, I'm talking about that's great news because that means the good news is being spread. I'm talking about that's the good news. I want y'all to be excited because God is doing great things mm-hmm. in the earth. And so, like I said, even though that we're living in difficulties and the world ain't like it, sh- you feel that it should be. But God is in charge. Now, let's pray. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I just thank you, Father, for today. day. I glorify, I magnify you, I exalt you. I praise your name. I thank you, God, for putting your word inside of me. I thank you, God, for the blessing to be able to call you my God. And Father, right now, I cry for your people all around the world who are hungry, who are destitute, don't know what their outcome is going to be. And I pray for the persecuted church because there's somewhere in this world someone can't say Jesus freely today. I pray, Father, that you step into that and let them be able to worship you. Even if it's in a closet, let them worship you. I pray for the people who are incarcerated at this time, people in the hospital, in in, in in this season I like to even pray for the nursing home specifically where the elderly live who don't have no living family members during this holiday season. Father, we can be so caught up and focused on ourselves that we forget about these others. And Father, I just pray for anyone who's missing a loved one this season because I know that for a fact because I'm missing one myself. Father, I pray That you would bless your people in a miraculous way this season. That you will give them what they ask for. That you would answer their prayers, God. That you will speak unto their hearts. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Boy, I hope that y'all are excited because I'm excited. You know, uh, just thinking about the birth of the Saviour. Here come Christ. Here come Christ. The reason for the season. You know, sometimes I get lost with thinking about you know just the materialistic thing that we look for in Christmas, and not realizing. Sometimes, you know, you get caught up. Then I have to be brought back to understand that this is the season of the Savior coming to save mankind. And that's the truth, you know, it's about Him. And, you know, and sometimes just the human nature side is to think about ourselves at the time. And this could seem selfishness. But I want us to celebrate the birth of the Savior. I'm I'm just so happy to be able to just to share God's word with you uh, and talk about, uh, you know, I I serve the Savior, just to talk about Christ. You know, uh, Advent. Advent is from the Latin word adventus, come. It means to coming. in the Christian church calendar, the period of preparation for the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ at Christmas. And also the preparation for the second coming of Christ in the Western church. Advent begins on the Sunday nearest to November the 30th on St. Andrew's day. And it begins in the beginning of the liturgical year in many Eastern churches, the nativity fast is similar to a period of penitence and preparation that occurred during the 40 days before Christmas. I want you to know that God has a plan. The lugaric meaning of event season refers to a dual coming of Jesus, then the Roman Catholicism. The traditional liturgical is colorful event is valid. Many Protestant denominations have adopted to a blue or purple. The third Sunday event is known as Guadalajara Sunday It's commonly marked by the use of rose colored vestments and candles. I just want you to know that God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. And sometimes we may get a little discouraged about things, but God is fully in control. I want you to know that God is fully in control. Now, today, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. And we're going to be in Matthew. And we're going to start in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. And then we're going to deal with Matthew chapter 2. And so I want you to know right now before we get into the word that whatever's on your heart and man is on God's heart and mind and he loves you with an everlasting love. He would never leave you nor forsake you in your hour and time need. Now let's get excited. Because we're about to talk about the conception and birth of Jesus in Matthew chapter one verses 18 and we'll be going into chapter 2 now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together she was found to be with a child the Holy Spirit and Joseph her husband being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her desired to put her away secretly But when he had considered this. Behold. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying Joseph son of David do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, but that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And and you see how powerful that was now. She was pregnant, and he knew it wasn't his, in other words. And could you imagine her trying to explain to her, him, about how this happened? In other words, you know, uh, so at the end of the day, she was pretty like, probably like a real liar to him because, uh, you know, but it said that he was a righteous man, that instead of condemning her, he thought about a way just to put her away secretly where she wouldn't be condemned. Because I want you to know, uh, she could have been stoned to death, in other words, because it appears that she had been unfaithful in her marriage. She was supposed to be a virgin. And in the natural, it appears that she wasn't a virgin. This is, this is, the, this is the wonderful working powers of God. I want you to understand. God takes the impossible and make it possible. This is why you you hear testimony of many people saying, I thought I couldn't have children and, and God blessed me with a child. But this child right here is going to have God's DNA. He's not going to have human blood. He's going to be incubated by Mary. But when he comes out, he's going to be God's son. His father is in heaven. This is a miraculous conception This is what's going on is God in his infinite wisdom doing something that is impossible. And and, and God wants you to know this. God wants you to know that he works in the impossible. In other words, that he makes things happen that shouldn't happen. So I want you to know that you can trust God because he has a plan for your life, my life. And sometimes, you know, it just just don't feel right. But understand this, even when you feel that the things ain't working, understand this, God is doing something. He's creating something new. He's doing a whole bunch of things in your life. And sometimes you have to know who God is. You have to trust God even when it hurts. You got to trust God even when it hurts. And I want you to know that when we talk about our savior, understand this, he knows that coming into the the earth, that he wasn't here. He was here for an assignment to save mankind. And he knew that he ultimately had to pay the price with his life. No, he wasn't, you know, in other words, he knew that he had to pay the price with his life. This is why I love him. Instead of running from the circumstances, he stood in it because he loved his father. But also I want to understand the greatness about the father because if you, if you, if you miss it, you're gonna miss everything. This is God's will for men. This is God's will the son is only being obedient to the father. If you understand how much God loves you, this is the same God that spoke to Job out of the whirlwind. That he said, hey, son, I need you to go to earth. I need you to redeem my children. Put them back in right standing. But you're going to have to give up your life. And this is what makes it so powerful. In John 3.16, it says what? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God so loved the world, in other words. So I want you to understand that this is God's blueprint for mankind to be restored into right relationships. I'm just happy to be able to tell you that, that this is God's way of bringing us into the family. He, this is, and just think. I, I, I want you to understand this. The God did this. He knew this was going to happen. Before the foundation of the world lay. He had already designed. A plan to bring us back. Now let's get back into it. Now we're going to talk about this. This thing. About Joseph and how he was. A righteous man. In other words, that he didn't condemn her. He didn't want to see her die. He didn't want anything bad to happen to her. He just, said, I'm just gonna put away. Just let you know. Just, just hey. Just, I'm just gonna let it be what, it, what it's supposed to be. In other words. But, let me tell you something. Understands when the angel Gabriel shows up and he he tells Mary about that she's going to conceive this child. He, God's gonna be with you. And right now, at that moment, when you know. She's three months pregnant and her husband shows up and all this stuff like this. There has to be a level of trust in God, but God was with her. Because this is how you know God was with her. Because of the outcome. Because of the outcome, you know that God was with her. And, and, and you can see it. And, 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 and this is how God was with her. Now, Joseph wanted to do an honorable thing. I commend him. But God wanted him to do a greater thing That was just to accept her the way she was Even if it looked at bad in the eyesight And God wants him To stay with her God wants him to love her Regardless God wants to, him to accept her In her flawed state That's what God wanted him to do, and he did. It says, And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, As your wife for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit and she will bear a son and you should call his name Jesus for it is he who will save his people from their sins now all this took place that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophets might be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin should be with child and should bear a son, and they should call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph arose from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took her as his wife. And he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to the son and he called his name Jesus. See, not only was this man such an honorable man, one let you know, he didn't defile her. See, he, Joseph had a, Joseph, 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 Joseph had anointing. It said that, so you can understand that there was no defilement in her, she was a virgin. No man never touched her. Her husband didn't touch her until after she gave birth to Christ. So this is what God, I'm sure you have wonderful working powers of God. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart. And I want you to see the wonderful working powers of God in this. Within those next six months of her carrying that baby, they built such a relationship, a friendship, because at the end of the day, He felt in love with her. Let me tell you something. This is one of the things that a lot of people don't know. Marriages in those days, you know, they were they were arranged. In other words, in, you know, in Ephesians, it's talking about, you know, that a man, you know, uh you know how to know how to love his, his wife. And, you know, a woman needs to know how to respect her husband. The reason for this complication in the scriptures is because these people were put together. In other words, so it was impossible for this man just to love this woman because at the end of the day, he's just getting to know her. Do you understand what I'm saying? And this woman can't respect this man because she don't know him well enough to respect him like that. But this is what I believe. Within those six months of her being pregnant, and he noticed this miraculous baby, he doesn't touch her. What do you think they're doing? They're talking. They're communicating. They're loving one another. Do you get it? That when she does have a child and when they do get together after Jesus' birth, do you know how special that was? Because they had built a bond together. God was going to take them through some things where they needed one another and they also needed to trust in God. And sometimes even look like a fool. Joseph knew she was already pregnant. What, what is he? You know what I'm talking about? In other words, what's going on? You know what I'm talking about? Because they are namesayers, in other words, people people put you down. But he's obedient to God through a dream. He's obedient to God through a dream. He's obedient to God through a dream. He did just what the angel told him in a dream. That's remarkable to me. That's a miracle. Like I said, the birth of the Savior. In other words, Jesus come into the world with complications. In other words, you know. <laughs> but God has a plan. Now, we have to roll into chapter 2. In Matthew chapter 2. Now we profess to see the visit of these wise men. In other words. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem. In Judea in the days of Herod the king behold the magi from the east arrived in jerusalem saying where is he who has been born king of the jews for we saw his star in the east and how they have come to worship him and when herod The king heard it. He was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. See, this is what also was going on when Jesus was born. People stopped looking for the Savior, people stopped. They had to be informed by foreigners about their king being born. But Herod, he was thinking about this earthly kingdom that he was a king of. He didn't know that this king that they're talking about is the king of the entire world. This is the the miraculous stuff about Christ that we need to talk about. See, men only can see within their perspective. Because when Jesus does come, he never sits on an earthly throne. He's just a person going from town to town talking of to the good news about God. This is what he's doing. He's doing this consistently. You know, he, he wasn't born in, the, in, in America in the White House, or he wasn't born in some mansion. We're going to talk about this the birth of the Savior. He did something that was so, I wouldn't even know if I can do it because he didn't come in his royal majesty, you know, where he's praised all the time, every day. There's no day in, in heaven, there's eternity. That he's been praised in eternity. Do you know what that means? And he's the son of God. And he's going to reduce himself to something that's so dramatic. You know, a, a lot of times people don't understand. Jesus, I'm going to get there, and I'm going to explain it to you in a minute so we can, we can talk about this thing. So in other words, let's get back. And when Herod the king heard it he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him and he gathered together all the chief priests the scribes the people he began to inquire them where the Christ was to be born and when they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea has been written in it by the prophet and you Bethlehem land of Judah are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. See, the, the magic of fallen stars, astrology, you know, in other words, and, you know, uh, people believe because, you know, like when Nebuchadnezzar and when, When uh, Hezekiah prayed for uh, about that, he didn't live a good life, and God gave him another 15 years, and and God had made this a shadow a certain kind of way. It believes from that point on that this is, they start watching these signs and stuff like this, and, and this is how, you know, they were more students of what the people Israel should have been had known. In other words, they should have been looking for the birth of the shepherd of Israel because it was in their word. They had it all the time, but someone else had to come and tell them. And so I just want just want to share that with you. That they had it all the time, but they just weren't, they weren't in the word. They were into themselves. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and asserted from them the time that the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go. Make careful search for the child, and when you have found him, report to me. I too may come and worship him. See, this is a lot, because he has jealousy in his heart. Because he's thinking about this child that's born is going to take from him. He doesn't have a true intent to go worship the Savior. He has intent on killing the Savior. Whatever's on your heart and manner is on God's heart man. He loves you, not alone. Please send in your prayer requests. I would love to pray with you and stand with you in agreement with God. Just want you to know that God loves you. Even when you feel that no one else loves you. God loves you. I love you. I'm believing that God will do great things for your life. In Matthew chapter 2, I'm in verse 9 now. And having heard the king... They went there and lo, the star which they had seen in the east, they went on before them until it came and stood over the, the child. Was like this. Can you imagine? Just think. Do you know what they really were doing? We do it every day. Called GPS. They were using a GPS to find the Messiah. They were using a GPS to find the Messiah. And it worked. I'm talking about that's the first Bible GPS. I'm just, just, just messing with you right now. And I want you to you know that they said what a child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced, exceedingly with great joy. And they came into the house and saw the child marry his mother. They fell down and worshipped him, opened their treasures, their presents to him of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed from there on their own country by another way. See, Herod thought that he could not trick God. (laughs) He could not trick God. God has a plan and I'm going to show you about this, 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 this insane king because he's so threatened, but he felt realize, with men it's impossible. All things are possible with God and you can't fight against God, whether you want to or not, because you're not going to win that fight. And so what's going to happen is he's going to find something out and it's going to be troubling. Now, guess what? Now, when they had departed, this is verse 13, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, arise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. And he arose and took the child, his mother by night and parted to Egypt and was there until the death of Herod that was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, out of Egypt did I call my son. God has a way of protecting you. I want you to see this. The king is looking for him. I'm looking for this baby, but they're already gone. God, this is this, this is what I mean about Joseph being a righteous man. And within within this, you see that in Chapter one, he has a dream. Chapter two, he has a dream. As soon as he sees in his dream and God tells him, this is what faith is. Faith is not questioning God, but just doing what God said to do. God said, flee, go to Egypt. Now, if God wanted to, he didn't have to flee because God could have protected him where he was at. But let me tell you something. This is what God is doing all the time. He's building this relationship between Mary and Joseph because at the end of the day, you know, this whole relationship has been a struggle because he finds her pregnant. Then he has to uh, just be a man married to a woman who can't enjoy his wife because she's pregnant because she she got a holy child. In other words, so even in the funnest of getting to know her within those six months, he couldn't he couldn't touch. He couldn't defile God. And this is why it's written in the script so you'll know that it wasn't no filthiness with Christ being born. It wasn't no filthiness. You need to know that. But your Savior, that he was born with God's DNA, no human blood, that he wasn't born in sin. Because his job was, you know, in, in, Matthew, in Matthew chapter 1, you know, his job was that to save his people from their sins. And talking about in verse it says, and she will bear a son. You should call his name Jesus for it is he who will save his people from their sins. That was his anointed purpose on earth to save his people from his sins. In verse 16, chapter two, then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the magic, he became very enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all the Enrons from two years old and under, according to the time which he had asserted from the magic. Then that which was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled saying, a voice heard in Ramah weeping a great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and she refused to be comforted because there were no more. See, I'm talking about this is, you know, I'm talking about, you know, this genocide, this people killing his own people, this fool, you know, and he don't, you know, he don't care. He don't care how he hurting people just because of the selfishness in his heart. It was about him and his kingdom. He going to wipe out all these children. That's the madness. Now check this out. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in Egypt saying, "Arise, take the child and his mother and go into a land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead." Now who, who that remind you of in scripture? That remind you that's, you, know, you know, God told Moses the same thing. No people looking for you, they all dead, man. You didn't got to worry about them. So at the end of the day, God took care of the enemy so when Christ the anointed one, the savior, Emmanuel, God is preparing a way for them just to go back and live just to, just to live life. And I, I want you to understand, you know, that Joseph was a carpenter. A carpenter and back in those days was someone who hired himself out. You know, this is, you know what I'm talking about, this is not like today where it's just honorable thing. In other words, this was someone who said, hey, if you need me to do this, I can do that. And you need me to do that, I can do that. So understand this. Jesus when he was on earth he put himself so low that he was lower than a servant and I just want to you know just let you know this that God loves you that God loves you God has a plan for you that God will protect you like he did Christ and and, and I'm going to close this message out in prayer The birth of the Savior, Christ, part two. I hope this message has been a blessing to you. It's been a blessing to me about Christ, our Savior, who come to save us from our sins today. I hope that you encourage. I hope that you are blessed by this message of hope and inspiration and love. And so I just want to tell you that. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I just thank you, Father, for giving me a word today to speak to your people about The birth of the Savior, Christ, and what he means to the world, the Redeemer of mankind. I pray that you bless your people today. I pray that you give them their hearts, desires, in Jesus' name. I want to tell you I love you all. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.